Well, thank you everybody for coming to church this morning. Amen. Um, I'm going to tell you this. I've not been never. I've never been known for having great messages on special occasions. It's just not my thing. So I was asking the Lord about it this week. Lord, what could I share that would really be good? And I remember the scripture in Romans when Paul said, Who is up to these things? And I thought, I'm not. <laughs> but then he went on to say, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son will freely give us all things. And so I said, Lord, freely give me a message for this morning. <laughs> and uh, I think he may have. Of best I know, you know, I'm sort of trying to kill time because it was a short message. <laughs> but, you know, we're really in a, a time where this is important. Uh, I think a lot of preachers suffer about special, like Easter or something like that, because, you know, it is an important day in the church, and no. Nobody wants to be religious about anything. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. But maybe I don't. Okay? I'm not wanting to be religious about this. But I believe the Lord really wants to draw attention to Christ and the finished work of the cross. And I don't think we could ever talk about it enough. I think it's, just, it's underplayed sometimes or it's just not really given the honor. And I really appreciate us worshiping the Lord this morning and giving the Lord honor for what He's done for us at the cross because that's the place where we all got in and that's the place we all stay in is, is through the blood of Christ. And we'll never, it's never anything else. It's always going to be Him. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, for that. And I'm thankful for what the Lord saved me. Um, so, no, enough stalling. <laughs> yeah. But I did want to, I'm sort of have a lot of interest and really infatuation about communion all, all my life because I've really always felt like it was something, well really it's the only, in the New Testament, it is the only ritual, if there's ever such a thing as a ritual in the New Testament, it's communion. It's the one thing the Lord really did tell us to do over and over, Right? I mean, there's no, and, and I'm not a ritual guy, that's why I'm sort of attracted to it, is, I, you know, I'm not a r- ritual, I don't like really rituals, doing things for the sake of doing them, but if the Lord tells you to do something, you know, specifically says to do this, then there has to be something in His heart that He wants to really release to us when we take communion. So you could study, you know, all the different uh, brands of Christianity and not such Christianity out there and find a lot of weird things about communion, you know, that people believe about it. So, but I do believe, as Becky shared earlier, it is a fellowship. That's what communion means. It means a fellowship. It's a, it's, it talks about in 1 Corinthians 10 that we fellowship over the blood of Christ and we fellowship over the body of Christ, the broken body of Christ. And it's really, you know, in the Bible, when fellowship talks about it, talks about partnership. It talks about being joined to something, not in just a uh, ritualistic way, but in a real way. 
And so if we just take communion as a, just as a ritual and we don't have the reality of it in our heart where we are communing with the Lord and we have fellowship with the Lord, then we have missed the whole point. And that's why Paul says it, it's just be better not to even do that if you're going through the motions, right? In fact, he mentions people getting sick over taking communion. We don't really understand that thoroughly, but I believe a lot of it has to do with not living in truth. And when you do not live in truth, you open yourself up to difficulties, right? Anyways, this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to read this to you. We already did communion, but I'm going to talk about this just a moment here. He said, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Isn't that beautiful? This do as often you drink it in remembrance of me. Isn't that beautiful? In remembrance of me. So that's really what, and for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so he's really talking about remembering. He wants people to remember. It just, it's just a crazy thing. So that's really what I want to talk to you just a little bit about this morning is remembering. Because this is why we do communion. is to remember something. And we started out this morning in worship that we're, we're going to take a moment to remember what the Lord's done for us. Okay? That's what we were doing. We're going to take a moment to remember and if you really study remembering in the Bible, you'll find some fascinating things about it. Um, I think we all, if you think about it, we all have a fascination with remembrance. That's why people journal, is they want to remember something. They, they write something down that's meaningful to them. Or that's why people take pictures, they, and is, is to capture something, to capture a moment in their life, a special moment, or maybe even a difficult moment. But people, people do have this thing about remembering. And I believe that's what it, that, was way, that was God's heart from the beginning is God is a God of remembering. In fact, I'm going to read this Malachi three sixteen through 17. This is what it says. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord... Isn't that beautiful? Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. That's communion. And the Lord listened and heard them. It's like God was listening to His people, what they were saying to each other. He heard them. And so a, so a book of remembrance was written before Him. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? A book of remembrance. So God has this book of remembrance that, that's been written. And it's coming, out of the, it's coming from the people that He's remembering what they have talked about. That'll make you sort of nervous about what you talk about, right? Mm, don't be writing no bad stuff. <laughs> For those who fear the Lord and meditate on His name. There's several chapters in the Bible that are dedicated to remembering. Psalm 78 is a, is a chapter, a psalm of remembrance, where God recounts His mighty acts. Um, psalm 106 is also a psalm of remembrance where God goes through again and talks about what He's done to remind people. And Acts 7, if you want to know a concise history 
of Israel and of God's works in the earth, Acts 7 is, is an is a awesome place to get history. In fact, Acts 7 tells us things that it doesn't even tell us in the Old Testament. It brings out a few points that's not even brought out in the Old Testament about the history of, of Israel, really important points about Abraham, some of the things he did. All of these are, are chapters of remembrance in the Bible. It was one of the first things that God did that had the children of Israel when they crossed over from the wilderness into the promised land is He had them to set up not one, but two monuments for remembrance. He had, had them to set up one in the Jordan River itself. Stones. Stack these stones up so you'll remember. And so when your children ask you and see those stones, you can tell them what God has done. It will bring, it's like their picture that they created. And then he had them doing another one over in Gilgal. Two of them. That was, it was so important to the Lord that he wanted two stones of remembrance because he wanted people and he wanted the family of God to remember him and remember what he had done for them. Because the devil is so good at hijacking people's memory. The devil is an expert at hijacking our memories. Because most people remember what God didn't do. Right? That's what we tend to focus on. What God didn't do. The prayer He didn't answer. The person that died. The person who didn't get sick. The situation that fell. The job you lost. The money that God didn't bring into your life. Those are the things we tend to focus on. And God is saying to us as people, No, that is not. Don't let the devil hijack your memory. You know, I want you to remember something. So He he instituted communion as part of that to break that power over our minds of bad memory to break that power and get us to remember the important things in life and the things that will cause something in your life to change. Memory is a powerful thing when we're doing it according to the way God designed our memories to work. God is very interested in your memories. In fact, I can see God right now with a big eraser in His hand and looking at some people and saying, you know what? Maybe a delete button for some of us because we're more into the computer age. You know, let's copy this thing and delete it, cut it. You know, he wants to cut some memories out of people today. He wants to cut hard, harshness out of our hearts over bad memories that, have, that keep us weighed down. That's, that's the God who loves to bring forth a memory in us that will heal us and, and enable us. I wanted to read this, one of my favorite memory stories in the New Testament. It's Mark 8, uh, verse 13 through 21. I probably read this a few times here and over the years, but several years ago it really spoke to my heart. And it was after Jesus had done some ministries. In in verse 13, he says, He left them and getting into the boat again. Jesus was always getting in boats. Have you ever noticed that about him? He would just like go get in a boat. I think sometimes we need to do messages on boats. I think we would be uh, foolish to not think that that's an important word in the Bible, a boat. I think there's something in the revelation of boats. Uh, Because Jesus tended to do stuff in boats. He liked to preach from boats. He liked to do miracles from boats. He liked to stun people that were in boats. And so, Lord, stun us today. And, Lord, we are saying, get in our boat like you did. There was two boats and the Lord, it says the Lord got in Peter's boat. God, get in our boat. 
I'm not ashamed, Lord, I'll get in your boat, but I don't, I don't know what your boat looks like. Just get in mine and get me to your boat. I, I'm going to never get in your boat unless you get in mine first. That's how Peter got in God's boat, is God got in Peter's boat first. And that's what God wants to do for you. You can't never enter into what God has for you, okay, unless God enters into your life. And when he gets in your boat with you, he'll say, come on, row out here with me, and we're going to find my boat. In fact, your boat may become his boat. Anyways, back to the message. And he departed to the other side. He was bad for that, too, going to this other side. Like, where are you going? Now, the disciples had gotten to take bread, lunch, okay? And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. They were concerned about food just like you and I are. They were hungry people. They like to eat. How many people here don't like to eat? Nobody raised their hand. I didn't think so. Then he, and well, he was sort of picking up on what was going on with. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Of course, Pharisees is religion, and Herod was, was politics. And so the Lord was saying, Those are two leavens you don't want messing in your life. In the Bible, there's actually three leavens in the New Testament that the New Testament talks about. So these two, and there's one more, which is a good leaven. It's called the leaven of the kingdom of God. It's in Matthew 13 where he says a woman took and put, the, that's how the kingdom of God works. You go to China and you'll see it. You'll see how the hidden leaven is inching its way through the culture over there, unseen, unheard publicly. Um, anyways... And they reasoned among themselves, is it because we have no bread? I want to tell you this, this morning, Jesus sometimes says stuff and we think he's talking about something else, right? Lots of times when God talks to you, don't be presumptuous with God. Don't assume that he's talking about what you think he's talking about. Because many times in the Bible, you find Jesus talking about one thing, and everybody else talking about something else. And so he wants to teach us to be able to pick up on what he's talking about. Even though he was using bread, and they were hungry, he knew that was going to get their attention, but he was talking about something completely different. Jesus was talking in another realm. And lots of times we're talking in the natural realm, he's talking in the spiritual realm. He wants to get us in the conversation in the spiritual realm. Okay, but he'll let us go on and, you know, gab about what we're talking about. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Isn't that powerful? Having eyes, do you not see? They had eyes, but they didn't see. Everybody in this room, you have the ability to see spiritual, spiritually, whether you know it or not. You have eyes to see. And having ears, do you not hear? You got all, every one of you have ears to be able to hear the Lord. And do you not remember? Isn't that beautiful? There he goes. He brought memory into the thing. You see, here's the way the Lord worked with them. Here's what he was doing. This is my opinion. I think seeing is the highest level of connecting with the Lord. The reason I say that is the way the Lord normally deals with me. For my life, seeing is the highest. For some people, hearing maybe, but he did say seeing first, so y'all can decide that. But he said, don't you, you, do you not see? Well, no, we don't see, Lord. Do you not hear? No, we don't hear. Well, can you remember? You see what I'm saying? Do y'all get that? Vegas said, explain it. 
See, a lot of time we don't connect with the Lord. We're not seeing what the Lord's doing. We're not hearing what the Lord's doing. Right? That's the, that's the honest truth. And so what the Lord said here is, listen, if you're not seeing anything, if you're not hearing anything, I can promise you if you'll do this, you'll connect. Start remembering. Start remembering. See, if you in a mess spiritually this morning, you're saying, oh, I can't, I don't know what God's doing in my life. I can't hear the Lord. I'm just lost somewhere. The Lord says to you, can you remember? That's why we celebrate the cross. Can we remember when we first encountered the cross and what it does to you when you start remembering where you were at? I don't know, I know what it does to me. Now, let me go on and finish the rest of this. Oh, Lord, where was I at? Somewhere, remember, yeah. When I broke the five loaves, and then, so then he brings this, what he wants to remember, them to remember. He starts telling them, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said to them, how is it you do not understand? How is it? So he was bringing their memory up to give them spiritual understanding. So it's not just seeing in the Spirit or hearing God speak to you. It's your memory that God has given you and that when we do communion and when we think about the right things, He's trying to break that thing that the enemy's got off your memory where all you think about is the loss, the difficulty. Do you get that? And when you can begin to reconnect with the awesome things that God has done in your life. I mean, I think this is powerful. Yeah. Uh, This is what Jesus told the the church at Revelation. the church in Revelation, the first church was the church at Ephesus. Okay? It was what we call the loveless church. Y'all remember that story? Why? You know, you left your first love. This is what Jesus said to them in Revelations 2 5. Remember from where you have fallen. Remember from where. In other words, he was trying to get them. Remember that place you were at in your life at one time. Remember the passion you had. Remember the love you had. He, he wasn't talking about all the stuff that they were doing because he'd already mentioned all their apostolic glory. But he was in the same breath was saying, but that don't count because you left your first love. And he was saying, you, you got to get back to me. And I think a lot of times... You know, in my Christian life, this is what I've really learned. When I get off with the Lord, when, I, when life throws me off or when I throw myself off, you know, your natural inclination is to try to get back to where you were at, what you were doing, how things were going, right? That's, that's what we do. But the Lord has shown me over there, you'll never get back like that. You'll never get back. Remember to where you were first falling from, getting back to Him, getting back to your relationship with Him is what restores your life. Are y'all following this? I'm, this is a great thing. This will help you in your life if you'll do this. Forget your ministry. Forget how you used to worship. Forget all those things, the way things used to work in your life. Remember getting back to Him first, where He's at. And once you get to Him, then that stuff will start coming in order in your life. Are y'all good? I'll tell you one thing that happened to me uh, this week. It's a small thing, but it's a big thing. It's, it's about remembering. I was laying in my bed at 5 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it was about 4.30, I think. And I heard this little squeal in my house. And it was a little squeal of a little baby crying. 
my grandson was spending a few days with me. And he woke me up, you know, doing what babies do. And I was thinking, oh, Lord, it is just too early for Oliver to be crying while I'm trying to sleep. And then I remembered something. I remembered when little Oliver was 12 weeks premature born. I remember falling on my face to the Lord saying, Lord, I just want to hear him cry. I just want to make sure. Because the doctors were saying his lungs, his lungs, his lungs. We've got to make sure his lungs are okay because little babies' lungs don't get formed. That's, and I remember that moment of me crying out to the Lord and saying, I will do anything to hear him cry. And I'll tell you what, that complaining went to, oh, Lord, thank you. Let him cry on. He can cry as much as he wants to. I'll be just, I'll sit there. I'll get up and go sit with him and watch him cry. You see what? I'll tell you, it'll take that entitlement thing right off your heart. It'll take that old sluggish, self-centered thing off your heart that we get into when things are not going our way, you know, and life is not the way we want it to be. I'm, I need to sleep and the baby's keeping me awake. You know, it, it broke that thing off of me. That's a small thing, but that's a big thing. And see, God wants to remind us of things sometimes. And He wants to break that entitlement thing that Christians get on them. He wants to get it off of us. He wants to get that thing off of us where it's, it's about me and everything's about me and my comfort and about the way my life ain't going right now and the way this situation is. God's wanting to remind you, hey, you don't remember where you came from, do you? You don't remember how bad it was when you were crying out to me. Right? You don't remember that, do you? I want to remind you of that state you were in when you cried out to me that night, when you were crying out to me. I want to remind you of that. And it'll change you. It'll make you different. It'll cause faith to rise up in you. Because it says, this is what Paul said. Hey, this was a crazy verse I read recently. I want to read this one. 2 Timothy 2.8. Paul said to Timothy, this is what was crazy to me. Hey, Timothy... Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ, Timothy. I'm thinking, that, Timothy was a major apostolic guy. He wasn't like some falling away guy at that moment. And Paul was saying, remember Jesus Christ. The second Timothy. And I think sometimes, you know, Timothy was having some difficulties in, in that moment of his life. And, and Paul's answer to him was, remember Jesus Christ, Timothy. Remember Him. Remember Him. And so when you begin to remember Him, you start seeing your life different. And when we remember Him, I'll tell you something that happens is faith. Because it says this, it's faith. Everybody wants faith, right? It'll break, it'll break this off in you. It'll break entitlement off in you. It'll break smugness off in you. It'll break spiritual lethargic attitude off in you. And it will release faith in to you because it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this good, as often as you remember, you are proclaiming the Lord. And Paul says, this is what Paul said. He said, I believed... Therefore, I speak. That's what he said. I believe, therefore, I speak. And when he spoke, stuff happened, right? 
And so when we begin to proclaim the Lord coming out of something God has done in our life, when we begin, now that's really saying something. You're proclaiming the Lord's death and resurrection. You're proclaiming that Jesus Christ is, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Savior. You're proclaiming it to all the powers and principalities, angels, creatures in the heavenly places, both the ones that are in the Spirit, Holy Spirit's heavenly places and the ones who are in the devil's heavenly place. You're proclaiming to them Christ, that Christ is your Lord, Christ is your Savior. This is what the Lord told me to do recently. I was having a bad, I had a situation that was bad for me. And I was really trying to wrestle with it, you know, and Lord, I need wisdom to deal with this. And the Lord said, wisdom, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And I knew the Lord was saying, say that over the situation. Now, this ain't, this is not mindless mimicking, parroting. Okay, I don't think that works. I'll be honest with you. I really don't think mindless parroting stuff works. I don't think you can just quote stuff in the Bible like a formula. Because God's not a formula. He's a person. But I believe when we begin to really connect with the Lord and really commune with Him, it's going to release real faith in our hearts that's going to cause us to be able to begin to declare things and proclaim things. And when we begin to proclaim things from that position, then things get loosed for you. Do you all hear what I'm saying to you? I think we've, we've wrestled with for years about the name, using the name of Jesus. You know, in my name, you shall do this and ask anything in my name. And how many people have gotten them things working good? Ask anything in my name, you can have it. Does anybody have that one really working good yet? I have been working on that one for years. Like, this is not working, Lord. I know something's wrong with me, not that. I think it's because God wants to release a revelation Okay, of remembrance in us that brings us to the person. And when we have the person, we can begin to declare that person over our circumstances and situation in life. That's what the cross is. It's finished. It's it's in His power. Paul says it's the wisdom of God and the power of God that we, somehow God's going to bring us to a place where we can begin to proclaim the cross, proclaim Christ in a way that really changes our environment. I really believe that's really where God is trying to take us and where God is saying, you know, you need to get up and decree, you know, decree in prayers and all that that we've tried to do and it doesn't feel like it works. I believe God is trying to get us there. I really, I really believe that. How many in here believe that? And the, the last thing he said, oh, Lord, you're good, aren't you? Uh, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, uh, drink this cluck. This cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. You are living in an expectancy of the second return of Christ. Okay, let me, I have some things I want to say about that really briefly here because I have uh, grew up around people who would always talk about the Lord returning. Y'all, you know what I'm talking about? That was their focus, but... Something was wrong. I felt like you guys ain't right. And I wasn't even a Christian then. You're not right. 
And the reason you're not right is because you say all that, but you live some other way. And I was just so offended when I would hear people talking about the Lord coming. Like it's some kind of escape clause for them. You know? That's the way I felt as a young, young kid hearing all this stuff about Jesus coming back in the end times. And, and it, was just a, it was just an offense to me as a, as a little boy. I was offended by it because I thought that ain't, that somehow this is not right. If these people really believed that Jesus was coming back, they, are, they, would be, they would be scared. I mean, that's what I thought because I would have been scared if I thought he was coming back. I've got to get right. The Lord's coming back. I'm going to go to hell if I don't get this right. You know what I'm saying, though? But if we really believe, if we're living in the expectancy of the Lord returning, then it's got to affect our lives right now. And we can't be kinds of people that when we're in difficult circumstances, our default message is, well, the Lord's going to come back and get me out of all this. That's not a good message. That is not a, that's a bad message. This is what Jesus said in Luke 18, verse 8, talking about the end times. And talking about the second return, he says, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find his faith on the earth, is what he was saying. And to me, that don't seem like God's faith, what I was just telling you, that kind of living in expectancy of the Lord coming. That's not God, because God's not freaked like that, and we're not looking for a bailout and not living in a hypocritical way. But I do believe that God wants to give us a revelation of his second coming and that Christ is returning and that he wants us to live with that view in mind without it being some ridiculous religious escapism mentality but it's more of a thing that really launches our faith on this earth and gives us something to live for in other words God says your future is a bright future Okay, that we have a bright future. And, he, and that's part of what communion tells us is you don't have a bad future. You have an awesome future. Uh, is anybody getting any of this? Y'all just sitting there looking at me like, uh. <laughs> Y'all worrying me. I, was gonna, I wrote this down. I'll read it to you then I'll stop because it would be better read than said. If you're going through difficulties, he wants you to see that your future is so, so bright not because of who you are and what you can do, but because of what He did for you on the cross. What He did for you and I on the cross, that secures our future. That secures our present, and that secures our past. And so I really want to encourage you this morning. It starts by remembering. And I want to pray for your, your memory especially those of you who the enemy somehow has gotten into your memory and has hijacked your memory. And what you think about is the bad stuff, the negative stuff. God wants to change that and wants you to start thinking about what he's done for you. And when you start doing that, faith is going to start rising up in your heart. You're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. And you're going to start saying stuff. And when you start saying stuff from that position, things are going to start changing in your life. You're going to be able to start commanding things that you couldn't command before. And you're going to be able to start dictating things instead of being dictated to. Because God has really called everybody. I believe this is from the Old Testament. He didn't call us to be the tail, to be wagged around by whatever dog that comes around. You know, He called us really to be the head. He really called us to function with Him, to co-labor, to, co- to, to sit on the throne with Christ.
and rule and reign with Him. That's what the cross has done for us. So won't you just stand up and let me pray this morning for a revelation, a memory, remembrance. Because today, if if we've never had a day to remember, today is a day of remembering. You know, amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Lord, I'm seeing that big old eraser. I see a big eraser. And the Lord's saying, I want to put that eraser on your memory because you're remembering some things you shouldn't be remembering. Paul said in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you shall appear with Him in glory. And because you have set your mind on that, he goes on to say, you can overcome the works of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, the carnality. You can break those things out of your life this morning. Christ has made a way, and now he wants to heal minds this morning. Erase some bad memories. Erase failure. Lord, all the failures in the room. God has brought you here today to get that feeling of failure out of you, out of your emotions, that you're not a failure. You're a success because you're in Christ. Yeah. He wants to take away those bad memories, those hurtful moments, those moments where you felt rejected and felt lonely and felt broken down. More than felt. You were lonely, you were rejected, and you were broken down. You lost everything. You lost the relationship that meant the most to you. You lost your ministry. You lost family members. God is here today to come into that place with you. He's here to stand in that place with you. And talk to you about that place and heal you and cause that place to become a fruitful place in your life. Some of you, it's, it's your dreams that you've missed it over and over on. You've missed, you feel like you've missed God. You feel like you didn't hear God right. All those things God is saying. He wants to come into that place right now and stand with you. Stand with you and do something for you where you begin to see that differently. Where you begin to see what God was doing there, the actions of God in your life. Lord, we ask you to heal this morning memories. We ask you to heal hurt. Just let the Holy Spirit do this for a moment. This is his, this is resurrection, man. This is this is a chance. If there was a chance in the church, if we don't have it today, we'll never have it. This is what the Holy Spirit loves to do. The Holy Spirit. I feel like there's people in the room who your past your past is just holding you back. I, there's just no other way of saying it. Your past is holding you back. 
And I feel like the Lord is, wants to release you of that today. And, and some of it is not even a bad past. Some of it is actually a, a, a pretty good past. But somehow there came a point where it quit working, failure, and you sort of drifted down. I think that God has given you a chance today to be renewed and be restored and be healed. Just take another moment. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to heal minds. We ask you to to take your eraser and erase them bad feelings and thoughts that are stuck in people's minds. I, I just heard the word thorn and I remembered that Christ had a crown of thorns put on his head and Herod's guards took a big old rod and beat him on the head with that crown of thorns these big long strong thorns beat them into his head where they buried down into his skull into his flesh and tore his face up tore his forehead and the crown of his head was torn apart that's for our mind that's to break the curse off our minds this morning that's to break this bad memory off in you that's to break a a mindset of wilderness thinking that people have where they feel like they just can get by just just get by get if i could just get by if i could make it through the end of the month mm, if i could just have this one little thing i'll be the lord wants to break that today he wants to break off wilderness thinking and give us the land of promise thing in which, which is an, a, a thinking that God is an overflowing God. That God wants to release an overflowing thought in you. Christ suffered that upon his mind. For every psychological and mental illness. Learning disabilities. If you have a learning disability this morning. If you have uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. If you just have twisted, dirty, stinking thinking, if you, if you have pornography in your mind or, or dirty thoughts in your mind that you can't seem to shake, if you have negative, critical, sarcastic thoughts, Christ suffered to break us free of that. He brings no condemnation. He brings nothing but forgiveness and freedom for you this morning. If you're a person who's addicted and your your soul is addicted to something that it shouldn't be, Christ wants to free you of all days. Today is a day of freedom and healing. We should say, Lord, uh, this is my day to get free of addiction. This is my day to get free of negative thinking, of carnal thinking, of, of bad thoughts, of hatefulness, Lord, of bitterness, Lord. This is my day. I declare it. I declare I have. I remember your goodness. You saved me. You didn't save me to, to, to be stuck here in my mind. This is my day for my past to be healed. This is my day. Paul goes, goes on in Romans 8. And he, he talks about some things. He talks about things that can't separate us you know he talks about angels powers principalities things present things to come he talks about those things 
But you know what he left out? He left out one thing that will separate you from the love of God. It's your past. Paul did not mention that in that, those verses in Romans 8. What he was telling us by leaving it out is that will sure keep you out. Your past will keep you out. Your future can't keep you out. Even what you're going through right now can't keep you out. But your past. Let God heal your mind of your past this morning. Let God heal your emotions of your past. So you can come into everything that God has for you. That's what Paul was telling us. Go read it. Go read it. You won't find a word in it about your past. Lord, we just ask you today. We want to be free now of our past. Um... Here's another thing that I, this is hard. Some of you have been real successful in your past, okay? You've been successful. But those memories of success are starting to fade. In fact, not many people remember your success. You may be one of the few who remember your success, Sometimes successful people who were successful never can become successful again because they're trapped in the fading memories of their past successes. God wants to free you this morning of that. You can do a, a last little celebration and hoorah of your past successes. Hot dog, thank you, Lord. That was good. But that was then, this is now. God's wanting to release people into success. The worst thing that can ever happen to a Christian is your greatest day was yesterday. Your greatest glory, your greatest move of God was in your past, not in your future, not in your moment. Lord, we ask you, we ask you, for those who've been successful, but it's been a long, long time. Those who've experienced the power of God, but it's been a long time. Those who've experienced the favor of God, but it's been a long time. Lord, we ask you today. Thank you for them. But Lord, we're ready to go on now. Just say, Lord, I'm ready to go on. I'm ready to go on, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. get the prayer team ministry to come on up we want to start praying for some people if you've been feeling the Lord sitting on you this morning dealing with you I would encourage you to come up for prayer and let the prayer team ministry people actually pray for you lay hands on you really feel like there's a lot going on in the room so really respond if you would doesn't really take that long but it's really good so and um, for the rest of you we're just going to Stay in this flow for a little bit, but you're free to be dismissed. And next week, Larry Randolph will be here. You want to hear him? He's an amazing speaker, um, hard to get. We're thankful to get him. 
So we will see you next week. Be blessed. Have a great day celebrating the greatest day in history. So we love you guys. Go out in the power of his might and his blessing and his grace. Be blessed. We love you.